Hi again, everyone. Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode number 41, is finally on the airwaves or the podcasting uh, machine. But here we are. Anthony and I are back together after a, a little break there. Just scheduling has been a bear the last two weeks. And uh, just a few things going on in sports, nothing we really missed. So no. we're not going to worry about what happened yesterday. And uh, we'll get into everything, actually. But what I want to do is what we normally don't do. And I, like I said, I don't script a damn thing around here. And Anthony's <laughs> going to be thrown for a loop here. But I'm going to just uh, hand it over to Anthony and say, go ahead, rant, rave. Tell me what's going on in your life. Nothing. Just uh, working like a dog, but come every uh, two weeks, the paycheck will be nice. So that means uh, a little more golf and a little more spontaneous trips to Cleveland. But besides that, just watching a lot of baseball. Been really interested this year in the college baseball World Series. I haven't really gotten into that, but this year I've gotten into it. I've watched a lot of good teams play this year. Um, and I like parody. I think uh, when there's parody, it's a lot more fun and enjoyable to watch. And also my Dukies had a historical season. First time ever in school history making the Super Regional. Uh, couldn't get the bats going against Texas Tech. A really good Texas Tech team. That team's really good. You know, just watch a lot of college baseball uh, when the Indians aren't on. And uh, like we said, put this away about the Indians' bullpen. It's starting to come together, and Andrew Miller is not back yet. It's starting to come together. Terry Francona is showing the genius that he is. I'm uh, just really impressed with the grittiness that the Indians have shown. You know, I get it. People are going to say, well, you're playing the White Sox and the Tigers. Well, you got to play who Major League Baseball says you're going to play on that given day. And you're playing Major League players who, you know, are are fighting for the same thing you are. Everybody says they, the White Sox will be the team to beat in a couple years. Well, I mean, they fight. Our guys are getting it done. And I like that Lindor, Brantley, and Ramirez are going on their slides now. So get it out of the way in June. So hopefully in, in September and October, they're back hitting 486. Uh, just We're starting to get healthy. And we're starting to show some grittiness. Uh, Guys are starting to fight, and uh, the bullpen's not. I think we're starting to see the uh, really bad starting to fade away, and uh, the really good starting to come in. So, you know, you look up and you think, "Oh my God, this team loses again." And yet, they've won 11 of 16, and that, that's what you said. Uh, our last episode is, you know, that's what they need to do: is go on a 10 of 15, 11 of, you know, 16 stretch, and. Uh, the last time we've talked, we've put three, two games on the division lead. Not that it matters June 13th, but like you said, if you can get a comfortable lead by the end of June, you should have this wrapped up and uh, sewn away. So, but besides that, just busy, busy, busy. But that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, quickly about the Indians, uh, as you mentioned, when we talked last time, uh, they're in the division. They haven't played in the division since early in the season, and. Now they're back in it, and quite honestly, this is the weakest division in, in Major League Baseball. So you have an opportunity to, you know, win some ball games and you know win some series, and that's exactly what they did in Detroit. That's mm -hmm. what they're trying to achieve today in Chicago. And you're going to have these games with Minnesota and others, and you just got to you have to win series. Obviously, if you can put a a streak of seven, eight, nine, ten in a row, that that's, that's a huge mm -hmm. advantage. And yeah, they can do it. I'm not concerned about it. Uh, the bottom line is, when this division, all you have to do is take control of it. Mm -hmm. As for the bullpen, 
Yeah, there's concern still, but yeah, you, you see some life in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you, they made they made a couple moves that I thought were very necessary. And uh, Perez has helped out a lot. You know, obviously he hasn't thrown what I think three or four games, but uh, he's, yeah, they're yeah. using him properly. They're just getting him the ball. You know, trying to use him against lefties, finish one inning. Uh, they're not overusing him. Uh, McAllister last night in relief, I uh, thought did real well. He went two and a third innings, and you know I think he uh, was perfect baseball basically in his time. So that was you know those are the things I'm looking for. I'm looking for growth and opportunity mm-hmm. to see how you bounce back from game after game. Uh, obviously, you know you're going to get the extra inning losses. The Indians uh, I think only won one game one so far. Five, yeah, one and five. Yeah, one and five. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, that's something that you hope to turn around as the season progresses. And, uh, you know, obviously the biggest concern as a pitching staff is giving up the the home run ball. Mm-hmm. And that goes across the board from starters to relievers. Uh, the Indians, I think, lead the league in giving up home runs in Major League Baseball right now. So that's, that's my biggest concern right now for the Indians is try to keep the ball in the park and, and see improvement each week in that attitude. And, you know, I do think when Miller comes back, the Indians can make some moves uh, that will be healthy for the team in the long run and for the players involved. I think also needs to uh, go back down and refine his groove and maybe work with someone else as a pitching coach for a little mm-hmm. bit and just hear different, different thoughts, different processes. It might be the same message, but it may help him out in the long run because you can see he's just goes He's everywhere. Yep. He just cannot find the strike zone. Uh, I don't think his confidence is as high Mm-mm. as it has been, you know, as we've seen last year. I mean, let's face it. How often does a rookie come up and have 30 appearances and doesn't give up a run? Uh, yeah. That never happens, and it happened last year to Olsen. And in his first appearance this year, he gives up a home run. And, you know, he's given up some hits, and he's walked a lot. So I, I think, obviously, he's the, he's the most – ready candidate that you know if when miller comes back yeah. here hopefully in the next week or so that he will be the one who uh is sent down by, to get right? yeah is sent down yeah. just to give him the opportunity to find himself again because i think in the long run he'll be fine yeah he was asked to do a will, lot more than what they wanted so yeah and you know what and this will shock you but it's coming time now this is not a uh, a small sample size now where we are now in the mid June and he's not batting 200 anymore. So it may be time to, um, to sit down Jason Kipnis. Yes. Yes. Not a small sa- sample size no more. Uh, you know, yeah. here's the thing. Here's, here's the scenario the Indians are in with Kipnis. And this is a big one to overcome. They're paying him twelve to fourteen million dollars yeah, this year and next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not gonna. They're straddled with that. They're no one's gonna take that off yeah. your hands, right? You're not gonna be able to put him in a in a deal for Manny Machado. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. It's, okay. Yep. It's just. It's not. They don't want that player. They want young guys, and you're not gonna give them they up. You're not gonna buy a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're not gonna give up a player for a rental because he's going to be hit yep. the free agent market no matter what. So, yep. you know, that's, that's a pipe dream that, that that's not going to happen. Uh, if you do end up trading him uh, and I'm not saying they will, you're going to get another bad contract and a bad mm-hmm. player in return. So 
it's just swapping contracts. Uh, and you don't necessarily really gain much there. Um, I just, I honestly think Kip just needs, needs time to, uh, reevaluate what he's doing. I, I see a guy who's just not comfortable at the plate. A matter of fact, I mean, I, my opinion is his mechanism when he gets to the plate, he's not doing it no more. He's not the same. You, if you look, if you went back two years ago, how he held the bat uh, prior to getting into his stance when he lays that bat flat, it's not nearly like he used to when he get in. Mm-hmm. Now he does it for a second and pulls back up. I honestly think if he goes back and sees those those tapes and sees what he used to do to get himself prepared for each at bat, we'll see a better better player. Uh, I just I'm this past week I've watched him bat and. I just see a guy who's just swinging at bad pitches now. Uh, when he does hit the ball, oh, he looks, he's making good contact. I'm sorry, he's a big hit. Yeah, well, you know what? And oh, I don't mean this. Yeah. I don't mean this. This could come out like a uh, a sour grape type thing. You know, the old saying: even a blind squirrel can find a nut. Not every, yeah. You know, and, and it's not necessarily that bad. But here's the thing: here's he's here's a guy who has to use all fields and he's pulling the ball all the time and he sees that that uh you know the defensive alignment against him and he doesn't make an adjustment to it he needs to hit the ball to the right you know to the left side of the field and he would be fine he just needs to hit to the third base shortstop side and force the opponent now it's easier said than done because they're pitching him inside making him pull the ball but you have to take advantage of that, and I think right now, Kip just needs an uh, needs to reevaluate what he's he needs doing a and break. work with. Somebody. Yeah, I do, and you know, uh, Eric Gonzalez is just continues to really earn well, more he playing has a time. A lot of promise. Whew. Well, I don't know what I don't know if it's, it's you know it's too early to say exactly what he'll be long term, but I do believe that he has the opportunity to to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. And just like Ramirez years ago, you know, earned his because of his back, kept earning more playing time and moved to the outfield and played third base, you know, instead of second base or short. And, you know, has become the player that he is. I honestly do believe it's time to reevaluate what we're doing at second base. If it's Gonzalez or if it's Ramirez, that's up to I'll let the Indians make that decision. You know, maybe Gonzalez is better at, at uh at third base and as a utility guy, I don't know. However, they're going to have to make a decision there, and we'll, we'll see exactly how it goes about. And there's other players the Indians are going to have to make moves on as the season progress. You know, uh, I love Tomlin and what he brings to the ball club, his grittiness and his years of experience and his fight. However, you know, when you give up 22 home runs or 18 home runs and have 22 strikeouts for the entire season, that's not going to cut it. Yeah, and he's not alone. There's, there, there's, he's not the one player. And there's, no. there's multiple players this year that have had given up the gopher ball. He's just the most prominent one. And you know, these, like I said, the Indians going to have. It's, it's now, it's now, in my opinion, not a small sample size. You have at bats. You have enough players who uh, mm-hmm. face hitters, and we've seen it in the last week where certain pitchers did not see action for over yep. a week. 
And it's it's now time, you know, and I'll be honest, I don't think Tito's there yet. I think he'll go till the end of June with Kip. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, and maybe to the All-Star break, to be quite honest with you. And because he's a patient man and he knows his ball players better than you or I mm-hmm. or anybody behind a microphone anywhere in America. So I will defer to him, but I'm to the to this point that you have to do something. Uh, I, you know, I, I still think deep down Kipnis is a heck of a player who can drive in runs and and be a 275 to 290 hitter every year. Uh, right now, though, he's just scuffling and you got to find the answer. And a mental break might be the best thing for him. It might be the worst thing for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, right now, you got to try something, you know. Uh, I bat him ninth. I wouldn't bat him anything. We're about ninth right now. I, I, I just, I can't. Why put it out at the sixth, seventh, eighth hole in your, in your, in your uh, lineup? Bat him ninth. I mean, yeah, I think he's earned it. It's just what you have to do. And overall, though, you know, I'm, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I look at the outfield of the Indians right now and it's crowded. Very good. And, but I love the players that they have. I think, the addition of Cabrera makes a huge offensive opportunity there. Here's a guy who's going to hit 285, by you know, and he's here's a guy who's going to drive in. Nothing yeah. to show for. Well, you. it's not even that. It's, it's he's going to drive in runs, and that's what you need. You need run producers. Yep. We see it the other day where he it, had two sack flies. It's yeah. nothing exciting, but they're two sacks fly. There's two runs that the Indians yep. have had trouble bringing home yeah, in yeah, the last yep. few weeks, and you know that's. Where you know, or excuse me, Alani uh, Chisenhall has not been able to do it, Mm-mm. you know, on a consistent basis. I think he needs at bats. He has a small sample size because of his injury, so I give him a, a, the break. Obviously, uh, Zimmer not performing as hoped and being sent down was a surprise. Uh, Allen is escape, uh, basically. Stopgap, in my opinion. Yeah, he's gonna have somebody. However, I'm not. You know, yeah, you gotta play somebody there. They're just gonna have to make decisions on certain players, and uh, and Brantley has just proven why the Indians resigned him. Well, he's incredible. Did what they did, and and on a side note, I made the the dumbest fantasy baseball move of all time Monday. I uh, was I had I had I picked up Brantley back in uh, late April. Had him on my team in my starting look, and I had a lot of injuries this week. And I was making switches, and I had Zimmer on my team. And I went to drop Zimmer and pick up uh, Nomar Mazaraza, which is a phenomenal player. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to get him. Uh, I misclicked and hit Brantley. Oh, my. Boy. Yeah. Man, and it was a were, huge – yeah. And you GM, you'd be I, tried, I tried to avoid it, but it was too late. So I – Contacted my commissioner and said, hey, guess what? I made a huge mistake. I misclicked. I says, I don't know what our rules state, but I'm telling you right now, it was a misclick. Yeah. And he was telling me he did this in another league and let go of Altuve. And, uh, well, anyway, so he's on waiver, so he's not able to re-pick up right away versus being a free agent where you can just click on and get him right now. Yep. So I'm leading the league, so I'm last in the waiver line. <laughs> Our commissioner, Mark Means, is in second place. That son of a bitch, he picked up my Brantley. Of course he would. 
He and did. I heard he told, I gave him all the information that he was available. Wow. <laughs> Boy, he just. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah. He just he just put that screwdriver in and twisted it. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, my. So we'll see how bad that hurts me. And this is a keeper lake. So I was going to. Oh. I planned on keeping Brantley. So I threw away a keeper. Yep. Um, and my outfield now is not as strong as it once was. Boy, you uh, better hope for a big trade or something. So I still have Zimmer on my bench until next week when we're allowed to make moves again. <laughs> uh, you better hope uh, somebody's so that, available. Yeah, well, speaking of Mark Means, by the way, he and Jim Craven from our friends over at the Mahoning uh, Valley Digital, excuse me, Mahoning, I want to say Mahoning Valley, and it's not that. West Reserve, it's right? West Reserve. Yes, excuse me. The West Reserve Digital Broadcasting will be doing the Mahoning, Mahoning Valley Coaches Association All-Star Game, the Jack Arvin All-Star Football Classic at 7 p.m. on Thursday at Canfield High School. And if you want to listen to that, just go to West Reserve Digital Radio uh, on your internet. Just put it in your browser. You'll find it. And they'll take you there. And, and I believe in the second quarter, you'll hear some ads from our podcast as we are going to sponsor the second quarter of that broadcast on uh, West Reserve Radio, uh, digital radio. And uh, Mark Means will be on play by play along with uh, Jim Craven. So I uh, wish the guys all the fun and success tomorrow night. And uh, if you get a chance, tune in. And uh, while I'm at it, don't forget to. Uh, Download our podcast and give us a rating or review. Uh, we could use a few of those and try to help promote ourselves here as we uh, not just do it on that uh, format, but try to do it uh, through the digital ways of uh, iTunes and others. So if you give us a rating or review, greatly appreciated to all involved. Uh, and, of course, you can find us at RadioMVP.com for all our past episodes, plus on iTunes. Uh, we're on Google Play. We're on Stitcher. Just about anywhere you can get um, your podcast. So I want to throw that out there. That is at 7 p.m. tomorrow night. The Jack Harvard All-Star Football Classic on West Reserve Digital Radio with Mark Means and Jim Craven. And uh, we are proud sponsors, as the saying goes, right. of that uh, that podcast. Yes, we are. So we wish them all, all the success and have some fun. And tune in to that if you have an opportunity and enjoy that broadcast. I was going to have Jim on. I talked to Jim yesterday, and I had a chance. I thought we were going to, we were going to record yesterday. I said, hey, if you're available, I'll send you an email, and you can uh, join in. Uh, he's not available today. So I just told him back. I said, things changed, and we'll uh, we'll have to do it again. So hopefully we'll get Jim on here in the next week or two just to talk sports and see if we can get a hold of Matt. I haven't talked to Matt in a while. Yeah, me either. high school football pro, uh, partner. So. And that's not that far away. Now, I don't have any announcements on high school football yet. We'll just have to wait and see how that all turns out. However, two uh, months. Yeah. Two months. I know. It's and not then far away at all. Ten weeks in football. It is. It's going to come quickly. And yes, it is. By the way, uh, I don't know how many may have heard, but I had the opportunity uh, about a week ago to uh, go down to Columbus and broadcast the South Range Raiders, as they made their uh, run to the state title in Division Three high school baseball. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And I want to thank Jim Campbell for that opportunity. 
uh, along with Mark Means, as we were on all on uh, BBW. They did two different softball games. One was uh, West Branch, who came up short in 12 innings in the championship Yeah, that was game. a heartbreaker for them. Yeah, and uh, champion coming through with the, uh, with the state title. And then, of course, South Range coming through with the state title. So uh, three great uh, opportunities here locally, and uh, what an effort there by West Branch just coming up short on their championship. But what what an effort! What a uh, what a way to represent the Mahoning Valley. That's all I can say. Is there a better current coach in the area than Cheryl Weaver of Champion? I mean, what she does is incredible year is. in year out. I, what through sixty something in two the past years of two state yeah. titles, and then it's it phenomenal. wins. Tells, and they're winning championship games by four, four or five runs. I mean, it's. Considering, now this is not a knock on champion. Considering where she coaches, a small public high school in Ohio, and to be that dominant for that long, year in year out, beginning of the season, you pencil on champion. Champion's going to be there in the end. Well, it tells you this. It tells you this, and not not many people want to hear the truth. Is you can build quote unquote dynasties out of the public mm-hmm. schools. You can. Yeah. Have good programs in football, baseball, and basketball, and softball, and soccer, and whatever sport that you may choose to follow at any public school. And you can see, you know, championships come and go and opportunities. It all depends on the support of the athletic department, the mm-hmm. support of the, the community, of really of the coaching staff that what they want to do and how they achieve and how they communicate with their players and what they, you know, how they build their program. And we see this, you know, that there's a reason, you know, the old saying, the cream flows to the top, you know, and, and there's a reason for it because those who prepare, those who do those small things each and every day for their success on the field or on a court uh, is, is without question, you know, goes a long way. And it, and it shows the teams that have success have routine in their lives that they do it every day. And it really does matter. And I honestly think, you know, like you talking about what, you know, she has achieved over a champion. It's just phenomenal. And, you know, and congratulations. And that's how you do it. You just go out, you go to work every day. You work on it. You, you teach your players, you coach them up, you know, you have a certain feel for the game and that's what you want to do. And, you know, that's important in, in sports and that's important for, uh, for the local area too. So, you know, I, I always hear this argument. And you can point to different times where teams or schools have had success at the public level. I mean, look at Poland a few years back in softball, how dominant exactly. they were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can look at other schools. And then you look at look at South Range this past year. That senior class goes out with a deep run in football, you know, one of the deepest runs they've ever had. They had a great run in basketball. Their baseball ends up a state title. I mean, talk about a senior class that absolutely do it at all. And not all of them were, you know, involved in every sport. There's different players involved in baseball than there was in football and basketball. And I mean, some of them played all three, but my point is, you know, these athletes that were available, they did it, you know, in an amazing year. And they finished it off with a state title, the first one ever for uh, South Range in any sport. So, you know, my hat's off to them and congratulations on what they achieved. And uh, same with Champion and same with West Branch, you know, in softball. I mean, what they achieved is, is really phenomenal, and they deserve 
the accolades that they get because of what they, well, you know, what their goals were and what they were able to do. And, you know, West Branch going 12 innings, they played a double header, you know, in that game. Yeah. And they were almost, you know, they just ran out of gas. You know, these things happen, you know, something, you know, ball gets through. And next thing you know, you know, the gates kind of open in softball and wow. What a, uh, I almost did those games. Uh, I had a yeah, uh, supposed to do those games, weren't you? Yeah, I was going to do those, and then I had a conflict in uh, scheduling, and so Mark and I switched games. I went down to Columbus and did the uh, the South Range games, and he he went to Akron and did those. Which now how you know, worked out how nice for Huntington me? Park? So what's that? I said, how nice is Huntington Park? We've heard how beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. It is. It is. It's absolutely stunning. Uh, as a baseball park, it it got to be a minor Must league be? park. Yeah, it, it's worth it. If you have a chance to go, go. Matter of fact, they have the All-Star game uh, this uh, July. I think it's 7th through the 10th is the All-Star game for the AAA. Uh, and they're hosting it. So uh, I don't know if any tickets are available, but if you want an event to go to, uh, definitely uh, check that out. No, Huntington Park, it's, it's really the perfect minor league park. It's probably, mm -hmm. I don't know the exact seating, but you can't go wrong. You're not going to get a bad seat in the building. You know, uh, it's, and I have not been to Akron's new one. At least I don't remember. I might have been there. Can I park there back. for years? I might have. No, take that back. I've been at Akron a few times. And that's a beautiful Just park, beautiful. too. Yeah, right Canal down, Park. Downtown, yep. Yeah, Canal Park is a nice one, too. And I don't take anything away from the scrappers, you know, in single lane and what they do in a short season. Matter of fact, they'll be opening in, what, in about a week? On Friday so. night? No, Friday yeah. night. Uh, at home, I'll be there. Yep, I'll be there yeah. Friday night. There you go. So, yeah, and you know, like I said, there's baseball all around us, so you should check it out if you Lake get a chance. Lake County's gorgeous too. I heard. I've never been to Lake County, but I heard Lake County's nice. It wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, all these stadiums that are under Indians' We're influence, in a sense, yeah, you know, they all stay within the uh, Indians organization. Yep. They're so close to each other. It's 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 phenomenal. I mean, only the one down in the South was North Carolina is the only one. Uh, that is, uh, is it Lynchburg now? I believe it is Lynchburg. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, got rid of Kingston, so yeah. yeah so that's the only one that is, you know, and that, that's the long season, uh, low a ball. Yep. And then mm -hmm. you have the short season, low a ball here in Youngstown or in Niles, I should say. And then the, the high a ball is up in, uh, Lake County. Yep. And then of course, double A is Akron and then triple A is Columbus. So, yep. All four of them really close, and then you know, so uh, phenomenal opportunity to see uh, future stars in baseball, and you know how often do you turn on the TV and the first thing out of any uh, local announcer, former scrapper, former yeah. scrapper. I'm like, yes, we've had they over ninety, I think. Well, you know what? They have to though. Players. Here's the thing. That's that's the progression. You got to start somewhere, right. you know, and uh, you know it happens. You you you'll make a stop here. Uh, especially if you're coming out of college, uh, this is usually your first stop and, uh, and you know, some high school players, but mostly is, you know, first introduction into pro ball, uh, depending on talent level. Sometimes you go to low A or even if you're really talented, you go to high A to start your, your, your career at the minor league level. But, mm -hmm. you know, it, it all depends on the player and, and the position and the opportunity that's in front of them. So, you know, it, it's it's a great thing though. We do have a lot of great baseball in Northeast Ohio, Central Ohio, 
uh, throughout Ohio, really, for uh, minor league and uh, professional baseball. It's just it's it's phenomenal. And you know that brings us to uh, talking about uh, the weekend coming up. As a matter of fact, tomorrow is the uh, start of the U.S. Open. Any yes, uh, it is. Any thoughts on that? Boy, I tell you what, the way Dustin Johnson's playing right now, whew, it's hard to bet against him. It's hard to bet against Dustin Johnson right now. Um, I don't know how much I'll watch because it's going to be Joe Buck all weekend. <laughs> so I'll try to stomach that. Um, but this is my favorite major of all the majors. I just I like watching this. I'm kind of sentimental to the uh, uh, the British Open because who doesn't love turning on TV at six or seven a.m. watching golf? And it's you know, um, boy, if I had to throw a hat in the ring, I probably Dustin Johnson. He's playing really well right now, uh, coming off a big win this past weekend where he uh, uh, ran away late with some really key shots at an eagle on 18. And, um, you know, the guy who they said couldn't really putt, uh, he's starting to putt now to combine that with uh, one of the longest drivers off the tee. So, um, you know, it be interesting to see if uh, Tiger can maybe get to Saturday in contention and uh, make things a little more interesting uh, because when Tiger's always involved in a major, it's, you know, it's pretty exciting. Well, so. exactly you know that's what they're hoping for. Is a tiger run. A tiger yep. run just changes, you know, viewing habits. So let's face it, there are transcending players in all sports, and he's one of them. Uh, you know, and there's nothing better than a uh, than a tiger run. And mm -hmm. you know, in a perfect world, it's a tiger Michaelis run. You know, and Man, you, then you Bill, have that old, then you have the old rivalry. You know, and you know, we'll just see. You know, it, uh, how it is all As works. Still, fan, I'm pulling for him. He. It, He's always stumbled at the U.S. Open. It's always been his kryptonite. I'm hoping you know, he's, he's had opportunities. It just oh, he's got he's so many. A couple opportunities that were just on the on the cusp of winning it all, and he couldn't do it. But uh, you know, it's just the way it goes. You know, of course, the Fowlers and the uh, you know the McElroys and the Spieth. You know, uh, I mean, it feels like ages we haven't talked about Jordan Spieth, and he's still one of the top players in the world. It just shows you. How many good players are out there nowadays? I mean, really yeah. good players. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you, if you're looking for a player, uh, was it Philemo? Philemo? I'm not sure. What it, um, I think he has a great shot. I'm trying to think of how to say his name. And then there's also, uh, I think that was a Brian Kopika. I think those are two yeah, guys Kopeka, you got to yeah. look for. I think yep. those two are, are right on the verge of making a run. Um, yeah, there's going to be an old Wally veteran in there, too. Well, you know what? Here's the thing, uh, Finano. That's it, Finano. Um, he's he's a phenomenal young guy. He's actually uh, has been playing real well. He, you know, here's the thing. This is what I like about him. He's had four top tens this year. He's made the cut thirteen out of sixteen times, and his average, he's is around a seventy. And this Ooh. is a par seventy. Wow. And this is the U.S. Open. And, a, and my understanding is he's a long hitter. And this course. Is designed for long hitters. All he needs is his putter to work well for four days, even three out of four days. And, okay. You know, here's and that's that's the U.S. Open though. That's what makes the U.S. Open so uniquely different than any yes. other sport. Is is you or event I should say for golf is you just if you can if your putter's working well all weekend, then you're in contention. Yep. Because you'll yep. be able to make the plays to get to the 
get to the uh, green. You know, you're going to you're going to have the ones that are in the high grass and all that. Everyone does. No oh, one's yeah. perfect. I, I, that's every right. fairway, you know, and that's just the way it works. It's how you get out of the fairway, you know, roughs mm -hmm. and and avoid the big sands or whatever, the, you know, mm -hmm. situation or water, whatever the uh, the course may occur. But the bottom line is you watch you look at the U.S. Open. It's always the guy who is just and he doesn't have to always be the greatest putter. Meaning, statistic-wise, all year round, he just happened to have four really great days of putting. And the U.S. Open is all about putting. Exactly. Get me to the green and be able to putt and, you know, sink in that four-footer when you need it or that five-footer when you need it. You know, make a couple birdies along the way and save par. It's all about saving par. So your putter is, is, your, is your, you know, it's your ace in the hole. You know, it's, it's what saves you in that in this tournament. Because they make it so difficult, you know. And, you know, winning scores are usually what? Uh, even, minus one, yeah, minus there's two, a lot plus of one, plus two. It's, yeah, it's I not much more than that. I think even or minus one, one, it was plus one or plus two. Um, if you can shoot six, seven under, well, you're going to be right there. You're going to be right oh, there yeah. in the top that, five. And I think that's that's the key. And that's what makes it probably, to me, the best major because it's guys struggling. The, like the, the superstar golfers are struggling like me. And, you know, it's it, right. it's fun to it's, watch them you're, be human. You're not rooting for failure, but it's nice to see them. That's why. Right. And that's what I'm saying about your putter. It's your grave. It's your saving grace in this tournament. Yep. And it's the guy who has the putter working the best usually wins this tournament. It's not the guy who, you know, stays out of the trouble in the fairways and stuff like that. Cause if he three putts or four putts, which you know is going to happen to most golfers in this tournament and they get that triple bogey. And then, you know, they're, they're, they're just so far behind done, yep. and, and, you know, for that round and then they're trying to, you know, chip it back in and, and take something back. But you know, truth of the matter is you're going to have your bogeys and you just don't want them to be doubles and triple bogeys. Cause that's when you fall apart on, on a course like this in the U S open. So you're saving grace. And it doesn't matter what golfer it is. It's the guy who's putting the best will give him the best opportunity to win, you know, in this tournament. You know, it's just it's so much different than others where if you have a, you know, a bomber who's who's getting himself down there but can't get onto the green in time and his putter's not working well, well, it doesn't matter. You know, he might be getting there in two or, you know, setting himself up for birdies, but he doesn't necessarily going to come through. It's It's the guy who's, who's 25 feet away, can roll it up within four feet and then hit that second putt in. And, you know, that's what makes it fun. I mean, it's four four days of agony, as you put it, you yeah. know, watching, you know, yes, pro, pro golfers struggle. Uh, struggle yeah. But then the same thing, being challenged. And it's the, it's the guy who understands that if I get that putter going right, you know, and if I can – hit a couple, you know, 14, 15, 18 foot putts along the way or put myself within the, you know, the, that golfer's uh, length away and, and be able to hit that second putt and put it in. You know, that's the key. Mm -hmm. It's the second putt is so, so huge right now in this tournament because that's what's the difference. You watch this tournament and the person who's putting great on, on their second putt will be in contention all weekend long person who struggles with the second putt that put, puts themselves at, you know, bogey and double bogey. That's the person who's going to struggle all weekend. 
And that's, and like I said, all you need is someone to have a good putter all weekend long. It might not be the guy who consistently does it week in and week out on tour. He just has to be, this is his that guy. That, yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, with the putter and that happens in golf, you know, that as I do as an amateur, you know, that yep. there are oh, days yeah. where you, you just, you want to get yep. it out of the bag yep. and, 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 and stroke the ball on, on the green. Cause you know, darn well, you're going to put it nice and close or you're going to put it in. And there are days where you just that. three, four, yeah, you're three putting yeah. everything. And you're just looking at yourself like, I got here too, and now I'm, I'm, I'm facing both. You know, yep. and that's that, that's that's golf, and you know, the U.S. Open amplifies that even more. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll I'll give you a range of three players I'll root for. Obviously, I think everybody roots for Tiger because that makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. I think Kopika has got to be, and and fit. Finu are my two uh, my two picks, and then of course you know Tiger and Phil because well it's Tiger and Phil. Oh, how yep. can you not how can yep. you not root for those guys? Like you said, if Phil could uh, pull off the miracle and win the U.S. Open, it'd be the just, Grand Slam. Yeah, it'd be the oh, yeah. It just would be. Let's be honest. It would be the story of the year in golf. In yep. golf, yep. and it'd be one of the top stories in in sports this year. Yeah, I'd, as a lifelong Phil fan, I'm pulling for him. That's. And it, just one more, and I think he deserves to win the Grand Slam. Everything he's been through, he you know. I really do. I don't know if this course fits him well or not because my understanding is the link type course. It's long, yeah. and you know but he does not necessarily get off the tee consistently well mm-hmm. anymore. You know, again, like I mentioned before, though, it's it's how you handle those situations, and if his putter's working good, then yeah. He has a chance. And Phil's putter usually fails him at the open. That's just the way it's unfolding. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, he needs he'll need three out of four days where he's just his putter won't fail, especially day two, three, and four. Four, yep. You know, and that's the key. I mean, if his putter fails him in in, in round one, he has round two to recover. Mm-hmm. But if, he, if it fails him in round one and two, then he probably doesn't make the cut anyway. Nope. So it doesn't matter. You know, and and that goes with Tiger. You know, if Tiger struggles, then you know he won't make the cut. But uh, and most about Tiger upstairs. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about guys in their forties now. Yep. I mean, you're talking about, you know, Phil got to be what forty seven, forty eight. Uh, yeah, Phil's getting up. Might there. be even he a little higher. Is... Phil Mickelson is Phil tees off at eight oh two tomorrow. And he is oh come on how old is it? Phil was he's forty seven. Forty seven. So he I turns, was right in that range. Uh, yeah. He turns forty eight on June sixteenth. So Saturday. What I I, I basically called it. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it, and that's my point. I mean, as you age, it gets more and more difficult to win tournaments. That has been proven as time goes by and tiger's getting to that point, the injuries the last four or five years really hurt his ability to, I think there's another major or two left in tiger. Uh, I'm not sure there's another major or two left in, and Phil. Yeah, I uh, agree with that. Just because of, uh, you know, Hey, f- father time's undefeated. Yes. You know, he that's is. just the bottom line. I don't care yes, he is. what, what sport you're in. He's undefeated and, you know, and it always wins. And no one could defy it. You know, you can change the rules and, and become uh, seniors and all that. That's fine. But you're not, you know, it's not the same. So, uh, 
That's it is what it is. I mean, sports is a young man's game. I don't care what game you're playing. Uh, it, it just it, that's the way it works. And you know, once you get to a certain age, your bat slows down, your club slows down, you don't have the distance, your putter fails you. You know, in tennis, your serve fails you. You can't move on the court. You know, uh, in basketball, you just age. You can't jump as high. Your shot's not there. And uh, you know, I don't care what sport you're talking about. Father age wins, or father time wins every time. You know, so it is what it is. And the, every athlete has to do, you know, deal with it. The only one that's defied so far is LeBron James, and what he is, uh, what he has done, and uh, in his thirties. But we'll see. You know, real quickly on the on the Cavs yeah. and the James. Since the you know the series is over, there's no reason to rehash. And I was no, not I, surprised. I was no. not surprised. We talked about that going into the series. I said it's the best player versus the best team. Best team, yep. You know, and best team won. And you know, look, the Cavs had opportunities in games one and three, and just couldn't yep. close out. Game one was op- opportunity uh, magnified and uh, lost it. I, I was a matter of fact coming home from uh, Columbus, Columbus that day, right now, yep. and I uh, listened to that game on the radio and. You know, I knew the minute they ran out of the clock that their chances of winning diminished greatly. Yep. And, uh, you know, game three, I thought they had a shot at home, and they did. And, again, you know, you have to be able to close out ball games, and they weren't able to do it. And well, that's tip your cap to the better team. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, they've won three out of four championships. Yep. And and that and there, there's a reason why they, everyone knows they're the best team. favorite next year, yep. Yeah. Well, it's a summer, and they, and, and they deserve to be. I mean, they put together a great, a great, you know, roster of players. I mean, and you know, they they trumped the the apple card when they got Durant. Durant, yeah. You know, yeah. KD just made a whole difference in that entire. Yeah, there's nobody. You know, the last two years. Uh, you know, you go back four years ago, the Cavs were up two to one, and the injuries just absolutely crushed the the Cavaliers, and they mm-hmm. lost four. You know, three straight. Yeah. You know. The Warriors won the first one, and and in sixteen the Cavaliers trailed three to one, but were able to have they had enough firepower to get yep. back into the series and win in Game Seven. And you know the last two years you've just seen the firepower of of the Warriors, and you know we'll see what happens. As for James himself and what he's going to happen, I have no clue. I I yeah. Let me say it this way, I I'm not. I was disappointed four years ago when he left because I didn't think it would happen. I really thought he was you know, staying. The need, yeah, he was staying, and, and there was no need to leave. I was wrong then, and he proved why he left and what he did there. He proved when he came back what what he can do. Uh, I honestly have no idea what's going to happen. I'm not going to, you know, I th- personally think family has a, a, a bigger decision this time exactly, than it played yeah, the last exactly. time. Exactly. Uh, we'll wait and see what ha- how it all works out. Uh, if he, if his desires for his son to play at St. V's is what it is, then I imagine he'll stay. You know, that'll be a big part of it. Supposedly, he's had a meeting either today or tomorrow with the Cavaliers to talk about the future. Yeah. So, well, obviously, we won't know the discussion of that. Uh, yeah, I think, and we'll go from there. I think in the end, uh, don't worry about it. Like I said all the time, each and every day, I was on this podcast with you. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the opportunities in front of you. I don't care if it's the Cavaliers. I don't care if it's the Indians. I don't care if it's a golfer you're rooting for, whoever. Enjoy the moment because you just don't – they don't last. Everything comes in cycles. Everything goes ups and downs. 
And you got to enjoy greatness when it's in front of you. Uh, you know, game seven of the World Series was a great game. It didn't end the way I wanted it to. It doesn't change the fact that I love that World Series. I'm disappointed they didn't win. But it doesn't change the fact that I want my Cleveland Indians to have that opportunity to, to play for championships. And same with the Cavaliers. I mean, the Cavaliers in you know, 2015, or we're not the same team that was in 2018. Nope. And that's okay. You know, but what was the glue? LeBron James. And, you know, five times LeBron James has taken the Cleveland Cavaliers to the NBA championship series. Five times. They were absolutely zero prior to LeBron James ever wearing yep. a Cleveland Cavaliers uniform. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the competition. Yeah, be disappointed. Be heartbroken. But also be joyous when the opportunity is there. And I think we've seen that in 16. And don't ever forget what happened in 16. Don't ever forget losing in Game 7 of the World Series. Because it sucks. And <laughs> as Indian fans, yes. we, we've, we've been through it twice in extra innings. It doesn't get any oh, worse God. than that. No, okay? no it doesn't. However, it does however you know, you know, it's kind of like the old saying, it's better to love than never love at all. I'd rather yep. be a Game 7 of the World Series in extra innings than never experience it as a fan. I hate losing. I want to win a championship. I want to, I want to actually, you know, and I don't buy shirts and stuff like that, but I want to have a world championship Cleveland Indian I will thing. Buy you a world champ, a world series <laughs> championship Indian shirt and hat. I will <laughs> buy you. It. And, and you know, I don't wear that stuff. And, but my point no. is I would I'd be more than happy and thrilled to do that. And, you know, the only ones I've ever owned are the, Youngstown State when they won national titles in the nineties, right? And Ohio State, you know, and you know, Jim Trussell in two thousand two, and then the previous one with, uh, with with Myers, you know. So, you know, I don't, I've never been a big, you know, mm -hmm. uh, person who buys that type of stuff. However, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just just for me, and probably because of my need to be in the media, I, I've always shied away from doing that. I just don't see the, uh, I don't think that's you know proper. Mm -hmm. So, uh, as you know, maybe as low tone pole that I am in life, I still think, you know, you have to do what's correct. And, you know, and that's just the way it is. And I guess congratulations are due to the United States getting the World Cup in 2026 yeah. uh, with Canada and Mexico. However, I did hear a rumor that that uh, President Trump wants to pull out of that agreement oh, because no it does way. not work well with Canada and Mexico. And he'd rather see us work with Russia and China. So we'll have to deal with that in the future, too. Yeah, let's just say no <laughs> billions of dollars booming to boost the economy. But that's a story for eight years from now. Um, yes. I was just having fun there. I'm going to sum it up this way. As you know, I watch, I watch listener track every pitch. And last night, 5 to 1, I'm laying in bed. And I'm like, well, i got to be up at 6 a.m. i got to be at work at 7.30. And I knew it by inning number six that we're pretty much done. And I still have it on. I'm sitting there. Oh, like, yeah. What the hell are you doing? But it's just, I'm going to sum it up this way. And even though he's a Cubs fan, I think it's just perfect to sum it up. Eddie Vedder for years once sang, someday we'll go all the way. And someday we will go all the way. And when that day comes, it will be probably the second greatest day of my life. Well, you know what? This season, don't discount it. We, Like I said before, the Indians have the easiest path to the playoffs. 
give me to the playoffs. I'll take my opportunity, especially with this pitching staff, this starting staff. And remember, you give me and Bauer, you know, in any series, I'm gonna, I'll take my chances. And now you get a lineup that it has is gonna get extended and better. Mm-hmm. You know that you have a Melky Cabrera, and you know who knows exactly how it'll look after the All Star break. Yeah, I mean, so, and I honestly do believe in the end. All right. I said 97, 98 wins, eh, maybe 92, 93 wins. But you know what? There's just too many wins left in this division. And, you, and, yeah. and it's weighted too too much to the Indians' favor, playing Kansas City and playing Chicago and playing Detroit and playing Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You know, the 19 games each all season long. It's just weighted too much in the Indians' favor for them not to have a good record come September and going into the playoffs in October. Uh Barring injuries to those key players that we talked about, I don't see how the Indians don't have that opportunity. And I won't take anything away from those who are playing great baseball like like Seattle is right now. Well, they're hot and, right now. Yeah, they are. They give them credit where credit's they're due. They're fun to watch. You know? And I don't want to take anything away from New York or Boston, what they're doing in the East, or you know whoever's playing well in, in the National League. Uh, you know, But you know the bottom line is uh, – being an Indian fan, we have the easiest path. We have to just continue to get better. That's got to be the goal. Every day, look for improvement. And there's three or four players right now in the bullpen showing improvement. Let's go from there. You know, you get a healthy Miller back, that changes everything. Exactly. And how a healthy, a healthy Andrew Miller who's who's playing without worries. You know, who's exactly. who's just going out there making exactly. his pitches. What he wants who knows he can locate the slider when he needs to. It's, it's, and maybe we have to use them different this year. You know, how they used them, you know, two years ago. You can't do that every year. It, but yeah, no, you can't. And it's possible that he's a one-inning guy now or a matchup hey, guy. That's, to a certain fine. That's, that's fine. fine. I still want him, you know. And, and, the, same with, and the same with Allen. You know, every year is a new challenge. And that's what you know, your manager is there here. for. Yeah, go ahead. I'll shut up. I am sick and tired. And my mother, who I love dearly, is one of these people. I'm sick and tired, and I don't understand the Cody Allen hate. I don't understand it for the life of me. And I don't get this way about very many players anymore. Like, I don't have – I love Michael Brantley. I think anybody knows I got a man crush on Michael Brantley. I think he's got the most gorgeous wing we've seen in Indians uniform in, in years, and that includes my guy, Jim Tony. But I was at the game last week, and this guy the whole game was just – railing on Cody out just how bad he stinks and he's awful and he's look he's not good in tie games but that's not what we signed him for that's not what we're paying the big bucks for you get him in a 3-2 game a 3-1 game he's lights out he is going to set the Indians all-time record for saves and anybody who says well he's Bob Wickman he's Joe Brown look right now Bob Wickman leads us in all-time saves I don't look I know we all want strike one, strike two, strike three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Let's shut the door and go home every night. But you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that. But if you look, Cody Allen, come September and October, he is lights out. He is nails. And I don't understand for the life of me why people hate on him. Because, yes, there are times where he gives up a gopher bone. Yeah, there are times where he – loses command, and he might blow a save. But 85 90% of the time, he is lights out, and he is nails. 
and he slammed the door shut. And for all those people that are hating on him now, saying he stinks and he, uh, they want him gone, just wait until he might leave in free agency after this year and then see how bad the bullpen gets because we've seen what it's like when we don't have a closer. And uh, it's just, I, I mean, I don't understand it. In the ninth inning, when Cody Allen comes in the game, I feel absolutely confident we're going to win the game. I, I, I absolutely believe that we're going to win the baseball game. And there are, when Kluber pitches, more off, 75% of the time, I feel like we're going to win this game before the first pitch is even thrown. And when Cody Allen comes in the game like he did last week against the first place Brewers, who are 37 and 23, who have a good offense at three to one, I'm like, it's over. It's over. Start playing Cleveland Rocks. Start shaking high fives. Let's get going home. And I just don't understand the hate on Cody Allen. I do that. I don't understand it. I mean, I do not understand it at all. And I, and I may never understand it. And maybe you can help me understand why some people think this way. I, 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 I rest my case now, and I'll shut up. They're fans. Fans are reactionary. Well, you are reactionary. And and that's okay. I mean, we all are emotionally involved uh, on a team that you know you root for, you know, and that's exactly what it is. So when a player lets you down, when you have an opportunity to win ball games, and Cody Allen comes in and gives up a gopher ball, and you lose a game in extra innings, like happened last week. You know, your people remember that. People remember your failures more than they ever win, remember your successes. Yeah, and yeah that's sports, why I don't know. Magnified. Magnified, I guess. And, that, and in sports, that's magnified. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the way it works. I mean, that's, that's the common growth in, in sports fans. That's who we are. You know, I look more differently because I cover it, you mm-hmm. know. And not that I know. I'm not, I'm not emotionally involved. I am. I, you know, obviously I care. You know, I, when we talked about it many times, yes. you know, I mean, huge, you know, You're you know, my, my, yeah, well, it's not just the Indians. I'm like, like the penguins and the, the, uh, you know, Buckeyes and mm-hmm. you you name it. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I, I, you, I, you know, they make or break my weekend when they, you know, on, uh, on oh, yes. wins and losses Yes, and you know, we all get there. However, so when a player lets you down and a player doesn't succeed to the level that you expect, or have a higher expectation than is necessary, you remember that. Uh, many years ago, and you were a young kid, you know, when the Indians were making their run, uh, uh, everyone complained about Eric Plunk. I guess. Eric Plunk was a quality player. I'm never going to say he was the best reliever in the world, no. But what he was, what his role was for the Indians was like shot. It was important. And you're going to have failures. Mm-hmm. And, but you're going to have a lot more successes than failure. But people remember the failures. And that's exactly what happens. You know, fans, they, they look for a scapegoat. And I don't care who it is. They, you know, oh, it's this, it's that. You know, right now, a scapegoat is, is, is like Kipnis. You know, when he comes to the plate, runners on base, and you're like, all right, here we go. Ground ball to second base. <laughs> yeah. or, or fly I'm ball to left field. I'm or fly ball to left field. Here it comes. He's going to fly ball to left field. <laughs> You know, with two outs, you know, hit a ball on the outside. It's you know, you know, a three-two pitch. That's a ball four, and he's going to hit it to left field, and that's what he does. And you get frustrated by it because you can predict it, and it happens. Yep. And it's not fun when it happens, but yep. it is 
it is uh, it's sports. You know, I, I don't know how to explain it other than that. You know, when you're emotionally involved in fans, that's the definition of being a fan, emotionally involved in, in an outcome of a team, you know, and that's why we all get involved in that. And that's why we love it. That's why we care. You know, that's why we hate teams that beat us. Yeah. You know, that's why we hate individuals who succeed against our teams. You know, uh, the most phony thing I ever seen in sports was the Cavaliers hosted an all-star game in the nineties, right after uh, the queue opened, you know, maybe in the first or second year of uh, Quicken Loans. Uh, by then, I think it was called a different owner's name. Anyways, um, every time Michael Jordan ever came into Cleveland, he got booed. Ever since he hit that shot, every time he touched the ball, it was booze everywhere. The All-Star game came to Cleveland. Michael Jordan's already won his championships and this and that, and mm -hmm. he's getting introduced, and it was cool. a standing ovation. No, it was a standing <laughs> ovation. It was like the greatest thing in the world, and I'm like, these aren't Cleveland fans. Mm -hmm. Because Cleveland fans would boot him. <laughs> no, I'm serious, and that's just the way it is. Matter of fact, the two, the two cities in the world that boo the most often are Cleveland and Philadelphia. Philadelphia. You can you could go to a Cleveland Browns game. You can go to a Cleveland Indians game. You can go to a Cleveland Cavaliers game. I guarantee you'll hear booing sometime during oh, yeah. that game. Oh, yeah. You'll hear an actual booing. No one boos more than Cleveland fans. Maybe Philadelphia is the only oh, other Phil, city yeah, that I know does, yeah. that truly boos as much as Cleveland does. Now, they'll celebrate their wins, and they've had their successes in Philly in the last few years. Mm -hmm. you know, but my point is, you know, obviously, I'm talking about the Phillies, really. That's the only one that's had success. But, you know, and the Sixers, when they had the run back when AI was there. But my point is, you know, it was the most disingenuous thing I've ever seen because Cleveland would never cheer Michael Jordan and never did. Ever since he hit that shot, he became enemy number one. And that's the way he wanted it. And that's the way the Cavaliers fans wanted it. Right or wrong, that's exactly how the Cleveland fans handled it. They booed him. Every time John Elway walked into the Cleveland Browns Stadium, he got booed. You know, that's right. just the way fans are. But that's, you know, I guarantee you, when the Cubs come to town, they get booed. Yes. Oh, they got booed in spring training. Exactly. But that's the way it works. That's why you're invested. Yep. You know, I'm not I'm just saying, in generally speaking terms, that's why when you're invested in a team, that's why that's why you have an emotional reaction. You know, there was a time I hated Bill Belichick. I absolutely despised Bill Belichick. And that was when he was the Cleveland Browns head coach because I thought he threw away an entire season. Well, I don't think he did. I know he threw away an entire season. He was actually five and two and cut his quarterback after his his, his replacement quarterback got injured. And he decided not winning a ball game was more important to him than winning ball games that year. And I never forgave him for that. It took me years to forgive him for that. It took me years to forgive him for that. Because I'll never forget that he actually said basically to the entire Cleveland Brown fan base, fuck you, I don't care if we ever win another game. And that's exactly what he did. And they fell apart and the team got moved within a year. So, you know, these are the things I remember, you know, and I'm not here to 
the bash the man today because I recognize as time went by, it's, it's to hold on to that grudge is not worth it. And quite honest with you, he earns you know what he's done in Philadelphia or what he's done in New England over the years, you know, and uh, and how you uh, move on, you know, it's just like if you held a grudge against Charlie Manuel, that's foolish. Mm-hmm. Charlie Manuel wasn't the best manager for the Cleveland Indians after Mike Hargrove. He did the best he could. He didn't succeed as well as Mike Hargrove. When he went to Philadelphia, he went, he went on to win a ch- world championship. So, I mean, obviously, he knew what he was doing. You know, his style works. Uh, and that's just works that way in every sport. And, uh, you know, that's just, you know, how I look at it. And that's your emotional involvement. You know, sooner or later, you have to make a decision as a fan. Do you forgive that player or do you forgive that coach or can you move past it? You know, and do you recognize the greatness? You know, it's just like with Michael Jordan. You recognize the greatness. You still boot him if you're a Cleveland Cleveland Cavalier fan in the 90s. You know, and that's just the way it works. It doesn't matter who, what sport you're talking about. If they, if that player had success against you that prevented you from a chance to win a championship, you booed him. Yep. You, you cared. You had an emotional investment. Look, during, you know, that same period in the 90s where, you know, John Elway couldn't win a world championship. You don't think that every every Cleveland Brown fan in the world was celebrating when the Niners beat the shit out of them every year, you know, and just crushed them and made them, you know, and all that. As time went by, I, I recognized how great of a player he was and didn't care if he won a championship. But back then when he was winning, when he defeated the Browns in three championship games in the AFC, yeah, I wanted to see him fail. And he failed mer- miserably in three straight Super Bowls. It was wonderful. And then as time went by, I said, you know what? It doesn't matter no more. You know, I hope the guy does well. And he, he did. He won the last two Super Bowls he, he was did. in. So, you know, and that's, you know, and that's just the way it works. And and that's just the way, you know, how sports fans are, are wired. You're emotionally invested. And that's what makes it interesting. So when a player fails and you're riding high on that player to do well, you don't forget. So you when they have tough times you usually pile on and you know jason kipnis right now it's me you know he's been been piled on since last year and you know what it's not a small sample size now there's something different about him so he needs to figure that out and so do the indians and you know and that's just me analyzing it and you know moving forward but that's just the way it is you know hey that's what makes being a sports fan fun that's why you care. That's why you cheer. That's why you root for the Team USA in, in the Olympics. That's why you root for your team all the time, no matter who that is. You know, the front runner fans, you know who they are because they don't really know the, the, the teams. You know, they just happen to root for the championship, whoever that may be. Or, you know, in today's world, there's our LeBron James fans. Yep. They were Cavalier yep. fans in the 90s. You know, or, 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 or they? they were Cavalier fans in the early 2000s. They were Miami, Miami Heat fans. Yep. And then they were Cavalier fans. Yep. And if he becomes a Laker or if he becomes a Utah Jazz or whatever place he decides to go or not go or come back to Cleveland, they'll be fans of that yep. team. And that's a front runner. And, you know, that's the difference in today's world. You're always going to have front runners. They're not mostly involved. They just like winning. Mm-hmm. And then you have the person who's a fan of a team and they have an emotional attachment and they care about, you know, the success or the 
lack of success of a team and where they're headed. You know, you want to brag for your team as the saying goes, and it's more fun to brag when your team's doing, having success than when it's not. And it doesn't matter what level that is, high school, collegiate, college, you know, pros, uh, you name it, you want to see that happen. Well, thank you for, for shedding some light on the Cody Allen hate parade, because I, I have not understood it. I don't understand it. And, I just think it's well, nice. you're a baseball fan. You're a baseball knowledge enough to know the success he's had. Look, do I think he's the shutdown closer in the world? No. I no. think he's very effective, though. Oh, yeah. I think you can win a championship with him on the mound in ninth yeah, inning. Good. You know, and that's perfect example is the hate of Jose Mesa because of what happened in 97. People will never forgive him for that. Nope, I have. Because of the emotional, because of the emotional attachment. The success that that man had for those three years, a 95, 96, 97 as a closer, were phenomenal. The problem was, in the most important game of this year, he couldn't close it out. And people remember that. And that's hard for fans to give up. And that's part of the reason why Brian Shaw had so much hate last year. Mm -hmm. Because in 2016, you know, he couldn't, couldn't hold the team where it was in the ninth and the tenth inning. And, you know, when he, he when he came in the game and they gave up the two runs and that. And people remember that. Why? Because it was the most important game of the year. Just the way it Randall works. A. Yeah, the make-believe yeah, well, Randall too. It, it is what it uh, is. But, but my point, I don't want to be my point is, is when you're emotionally involved and a player fails, you remember that more than you ever remember their successes. If you do. Oh, I agree with that then. I can understand why, why, they, why they keep piling on him. All right. Anything that. else you want to add here before we close this out? No, let's keep on winning games and uh, uh, keep on separating ourselves from the now Miguel Cabrera-less Detroit Tigers who Ron Potesta wants to go out and sign next year. Like we got well, the he's an idiot. That. <laughs> That's what he said. He's a complete moron and he's, an idiot. He thinks the Tigers I hope he said it in jest. No. I hope no. he said that in jest. No, no. He, he said he understands that he won't be the player they used to be um, and that he understands that the Indians will need Tigers to take on all the salary, but he believes it can be done. He believes he can be a 300 hitter and hit 30 home runs. And I believe I'm going to win the lottery tonight. <laughs> Come on. You know, he's a different thing. He doesn't think like us, but anyways, I didn't want to get on a Ryan Potessa debate. Um, I know that. And I, I, you know what? I don't want, I, you know what? Truth of the matter is here's the truth is, I would love to have Ron come on and just BS with them because oh, I never God. really do. I don't listen to him. So I, and I can't, I can't say I know what he says or doesn't do or Ron what he cares about both sides of the story. So he's never wrong. Well, that's probably true. I haven't listened to him and, and I, and I have no opinion on that level, but if, if he, you know, look, I will say this on his defense. When you do a three-hour talk show every day, sometimes you, you say gotta stupid have hot things. Takes. Yeah, you got to have hot takes. Well, you know, it's more than that. You, you just you have – sometimes you – and it's easy to do, and I'm the first to admit this because I've done it. It's easy to go lowest common denominator in sports yep. and, and say and, – and they all do it, and that's why I hate it. That's why I don't listen to it anymore. That's why I, list, I, I, that's why I started this podcast where I wouldn't have to go through that no more. Uh, I wanted an opportunity to hopefully talk to sports fans again mm -hmm. and, and give opinions. But in the same vein, I don't necessarily want to do lowest common denominator. I don't want to do 
I don't know what's Munch's favorite thing. What's the thing on Fridays or whatever Fill the hell the he blank does? Fridays. Fill in the blank. Are you? Friday. It's coming up Friday. I hate that. I absolutely I hate, hate that. that shit. I cannot stand that. All right, you know, uh, hot take Tuesday or whatever it may be. Please get another fucking job. Get another fucking job because you're not good at it. Worst fans today don't want to hear that shit. And if you do, you're talking you're talking to four walls and someone who's bouncing off of it. I can't take it. I swear to God, that's why I did this. Because I'd rather have a discussion. I'd rather talk about what's going on in the world and have someone's opinion coming back at me like you're like you, Anthony, or one of our guests. But I'll be damned if I ever have another sports talk show in this valley or anywhere else that I'll ever have a Phil Break Friday, a Hot Take Tuesday, and I don't give a damn Friday or Thursday or whatever day of the week it may be. That will never fucking happen. You can have that. Take it to the bank. I will never, ever go down that level. Ever wow. again. Never, ever. Woo. Well, thanks, Ron Podesta, for that. Yeah, I'll thank you for that, up. my friend. I'll thank you for that. I don't listen. <laughs> I'll make sure to call Munch on Friday and tell him how much you love from the blank fries and how much he should bring it to the Valley more. By the way, Mark Munch Bishop is going to be at the Scrappers game Friday night. He would love to hear your fill in the blank Friday answers. <laughs> and you can take the Munch poll if you want. Oh, there's the Munch poll to every day. There's a Munch poll. Every what? Every day, there's Every day? a munch pull. Oh. Every day, yep. Oh, God. Oh, God, I hate sports talk Usually, today. Usually, it's two uh, uh, two things about the Indians or Cavs or Browns and then one about something stupid. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. If you have to stoop to this level to, to have <laughs> conversations with people or you can't have a guest come on and talk one-on-one -on -one with them about what's going on with the Indians or the Cavs or the, or the Browns, or who cares what team you're talking about, or if it's boxing, yeah. if it's if it's USC, whatever it may be. If you can't do those little things, then you shouldn't be on the air. I'm serious. It just, okay, so fill in the blank ones. The Indians are making Tim Continental feel what? Fill in the blank? I'm going to watch them. <laughs> I'm going to watch them play. I can't. I, I can't do it. I cannot do it. I can't do it. It's not going to happen. And and I I tell I I implore every listener, whoever they may be, uh, if you think I'm wrong, I'm on Twitter. You can find me at Tim Continenza. I'm on Facebook. You can find me, and uh, let me know uh, if you love that stuff. I I, I want to hear it because I I remember. You I'm going to share this on Mike's Facebook wall now. You know what though, I. I I'm gonna call you out here. You need to uh, you need to have Munch come on. <laughs> you you talked about that a while back, so reach out to him again. He wants to come on. We'll come on, and we'll we'll talk about radio. I will. I'd love to talk radio with him because we'll talk, hey, he has more experience. Friday. Well, you know what? I get it. I understand. It engages the listener. Okay, it engages the listener. It gives them involvement. All right, and and that's what you, you what you're trying to do. However, and this is just my opinion about sports talk today. If you're worried about the, getting callers, then you're not doing your job. Your job in sports talk today for me is be informative, be opinionated, be emotional, have fun, but 
you don't have if that does not engage your listener then engaging your listener with filling in Friday or hot take Tuesday or whatever it may be Tuesday uh, I have it doesn't matter you're not you know it's just it's just pure I have three hours to fill so this is what I'm gonna do be better expect better want better and that's one thing this podcast does it gives us that opportunity to try to be better and you know look not everything we do is successful, but we'll we'll give it a shot, and we'll try. And uh, we're out there trying to, you know, to bring sports talk to a different level and, and sports information to another level. And that's what podcasting does. It's one on one, you and the listener. And uh, hopefully they're they're yelling back at their computer at me, or you know, on their phone, or whatever the case may be. So, ironically, I have. Uh, Mark Mee's just giving me a buzz on the phone. So okay. let me get out of here and give him a call back. Uh, okay. I'll give you one more chance to uh, say your uh, your good nights. Yeah, just um I don't know. I can't I can't talk to him. So go try tonight. Let's get the win and uh let's keep this thing going. Hopefully I can be five and two come Monday night at the uh, best corner in baseball. Ah, uh, so don't know about cheer on those Carnegie Bombers, as I like That's to right. call them. Make your I'll sign. What is it? Uh, sign Sundays? Sign Sundays. You can make a sign with Jensen Lewis, my buddy. <laughs> All right. With more cliches coming your way next week or next time we talk to you. That is Anthony in Canfield. I am Tim and Foreman. This is the video MVP, episode number 41. We will talk to you all very soon. And remember, no lowest common denominator sports talk in your future. Someone give me a drink. Pour me one too while you're at it. (laughs) 